to have you aboard for another edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. Along with my co-host, John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. Can't believe it, John, but we are already at week seven of the National Football League season. The Chicago Bears, of course, enter this week 5-1 and one after that win over the Carolina Panthers down in Charlotte this past Sunday. But before we talk about all this week's games and the Bears and how they're doing it right now and getting it done in the win column, not only the win column overall straight up, but also against the spread, let's talk about last week. For me, it was a mixed bag, but I will let you have the floor, John. Tell us how you did last week with your picks. Are you absolutely sure that we need to talk about last week? Because I would be just fine forgetting about yet another losing week for myself. I am now 1-5 and five in my last two weeks picking against the spread here on State Lines. Let's start with the okay, if you want to call it. It's not necessarily good, but I did win on my under 51 bet in the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cleveland Browns game. That game was kind of odd. There was a lot of points scored in the first half, but usually in these games, like it was, a one-sided affair, the, the Steelers blew out the Browns 38-7. to You can end up covering on a game where only one team is scoring a lot of points. So I had had a feeling that that wasn't going to be a big offensive explosion for the Brownies, and I was right. That was my only winner of the weekend. Now to the bad, and I'll start with the really, really bad. And Jason, I hold you somewhat accountable for this pick because you did not hit me over the head with a shovel when I was mentioning that I was going to be betting on the New York Jets. What was I thinking? They were getting nine and a half points. I thought that the Miami Dolphins were a little overhyped after a big win in San Francisco the week before. And the Jets came in and absolutely stunk up the place. 24 to nothing was the final. The Dolphins cruised to a cover and a win, and the Jets look lowlier than ever. I'm still surprised that at the time of recording, Adam Gase is still employed by the Jets. I don't understand it. There must be something going on within that organization. He has done nothing but lose and drive that organization even farther down the tube than they had been in years prior. So I don't know what I was thinking with that one. But I promise you I will not be making that mistake again, probably for the rest of the year. And then finally, I was on the late afternoon game, certainly here in Illinois, and it was a little bit of a surprise. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Packers. I was on the side of the Packers. I thought they had looked great coming into it. And Aaron Rodgers, with an MVP season for the most uh, for the first six weeks of this year, uh, may have ended his candidacy with a stinker across the board for the Packers, the Buccaneers, who the Bears had recently recently beat. You may have had uh, some recency bias in my head on this one, thinking that the Packers were going to get the best of Tom Brady and crew, but that was not the case. That game was hardly ever close, and the Buccaneers cruised to a 38-10 win. I had the Packers minus one. They were favorites in that game. People might forget that, but yes, it was a blowout, a one and two week for myself. Like I mentioned, one and five dating back to last week. I am in sore need of a three and oh week, and let's see if I can get back on track. Well, John, I feel for you with that Jets play. I'm never going to step on you or whatever you want to pick, but I I think we can agree on this, that the New York Jets are by far the worst team in football. They're the worst organization in football, and all you need to know about that organization is Adam Gaze did a pretty bad job in Miami, and the Jets decided to go right ahead and hire him when the Dolphins cut him loose a couple of years ago. Yeah, things are not good for the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And I join you, John. I have no idea how Adam Gaze still has a job. I I don't know how Adam Gaze got that job. I don't know how he kept it after last season. I don't know how he has it now. He's feuding with the offense or the defensive coordinator Greg Williams. He feuded 
with Le'Veon Bell after they gave him a big free agent contract prior to the start of the 2019 season. Now Bell's in Kansas City, and you know that the Jets let him go, so he's probably going to do great things for the Chiefs this season and probably beyond. So you get the idea, yeah, that the Jets are a rough franchise to be a fan of right now. And the Cleveland Browns, who historically are bad, but they're having a pretty good season, uh, they look like the New England Patriots of the way they run that franchise compared to how the Jets run there. So, yeah, not good times to be a Jets fan. But me, Jason Gotch, it was a split decision with the Bears last week. I gave you the Bears plus three. I uh, love the Bears as the road dog in that game against Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers, and they deliver with the 23-16 victory. We were also on the over for that game. Not as much as the side, but we gave you the pick in the over of 44, so we lost there. The total was 39 with that final being 23-16. Let me start with the good. I did take the Buccaneers plus the one and a half at home. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, they route Aaron Rodgers and the Packers 38-10 in Tampa. Uh, as John mentioned, the Packers not looking good in that one. Aaron Rodgers not so good in that game as well. And then I had a battle of big cat teams, bad big cat teams. I gave you the Jaguars. Similar to what John did with the Jets, what am I thinking betting on the Jacksonville Jaguars, no matter who they play? But at home, plus three against the Lions, I liked them. Matt Patricia actually found a way to close out a game. Lions won that one easy, 34-16. So one and one split there with our best bets. And then we'll get to the game. That I'm going to preface this one by saying this is why at times I hate gambling on individual games because things like this happen and why I love the season futures bet when you bet the win totals because things like this even out over the course of a 16-game season. But check this one out. I loved the Texans at the Titans getting three points last week. The Titans were on a very short work week the previous Tuesday. They had routed the Buffalo Bills in a battle of unbeaten teams down in Nashville. They had a look ahead on deck. They played the Steelers at home this week. Uh, a huge game for them right there. Measuring stick game again in the AFC. So a sandwich game against a not good Texans team. I figured the Titans would be overlooking them. And in this contest, with a minute 50 to go, the Titans gave up a touchdown to the Texans, who took a 36-29 lead. So you're getting three, you're up seven, and what happens after the touchdown? Romeo Cornell, the interim coach for the Texans, decides he's going to go for two. Instead of going up eight, kicking the extra point and saying, hey, the Titans got to come down and beat us with, tie us with a touchdown and two-point conversion, I don't know what Romeo Cornell's thinking. He goes for the two-point play, going for the two-score lead instead of putting pressure on the team down. Of course, the Texans don't get it. The Titans tie the game with the touchdown and extra point with four seconds left. And then they win the thing in overtime with a touchdown. So you don't even get the Titans' three-point miracle win in overtime. They get the six-point win, and on the spread, the Texans lose. Not only the game straight up, but on the spread, they don't cover as they fall by six, getting three points. So thank you, Romeo Cornell, for that horrible decision to go for two. Thank you, Titans, uh, or rather Texans' defense against the Titans, giving up that late touchdown and extra point, and then not putting up a stand in overtime. So that was a very, very bad beat for Jason Gotch. So because of that, game instead of a two and one week with the best bets we go one and two and like john looking for a winning week here in week number seven this is state lines where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of illinois he's john spataro my name is jason gotch we touched on it a moment ago the bears five and one 23 16 winners over the carolina panthers last week in charlotte and john uh, before we get to the prognostication for the rams game coming up this week on monday night a couple of over 500 teams meeting out in los angeles should be a good monday nighter 
between the Bears and the Rams. Uh, let's talk about the Bears so far and the Bears last week. Again, they not only get it done from a straight-up perspective, the win if you're a Bears fan, if you're a Bears gambler, they cover getting the points on the road. And this is like the 1983 White Sox to me. They're winning and they're winning ugly. The offense isn't pretty. The defense gets the job done. But the most important thing right now, John, is the Bears are 5-1. and one. I agree, and I think you're underselling the defense a little bit by just saying they get the job done. I think they're actually looking really, really good. You know, back to the, the 2018 style of play that they had where they rode that defense and subpar quarterback play for Mitch Trubisky all the way to the playoffs. I mean, they set the tone early in that game, forcing a turnover on, what, the, the third or fourth play from Teddy Bridgewater, and that's really huge for this Bears team because if you get the ball to them in the red zone, uh, they don't spend a lot of time uh, ending up in the red zone on their own. So when you can start a drive on the 20 or, or closer, uh, they have to take advantage of it. And they did. Cole Komet, uh, you know, a draft pick this year who has done very little, showed up in the box score very quickly in the game. And ultimately, the Bears hang on to win. I said this last week when we were deciding who to pick, that it was unlikely in my mind that Nick Foles was going to outplay Teddy Bridgewater, who actually had a pretty nice season coming into this game. And the Bears defense was able to completely stifle him, just like they did to Tom Brady uh, the week before. It's it's really been an interesting season so far with the up and down play on the offense. But meanwhile, I, I've said this a couple times already this year, the defense is playing with the mindset, in my opinion, that they can't give up more than 20 points. And they haven't. They've been holding teams to 20 points or less. Foles has been able to play just good enough. And the offense scratches across enough points and wins some games. I mean, it's it, it might not work forever, but for right now, the Bears are playing at a pretty high level in the NFC. I mean, we've seen them beat pretty bad teams like the Lions. We've seen them beat uh, seemingly pretty good teams, especially after what the Buccaneers did to the Packers at home this week. Uh, that win on Soldier Field is looking better seemingly every day. So uh, when, when I'm you know analyzing this game, Bears-Panthers, um, you know, I'll remember a lot of the frustration that I had while watching it with some of the drives on the offensive side of the ball. But really, to me, and going forward from a betting perspective, this defense seems to be the real deal and they're really starting to make some plays. Kyle Fuller uh, has really turned into a hard hitter that can force some fumbles like we saw him do in the uh, Tampa Bay game and had a pretty weak uh, you know, helmet to helmet or targeting call, whatever it ended up being last week uh, that could have swung the game but didn't. So uh, all in all, this team is playing with razor thin margins. I mean, we saw Nick Foles turn the ball over once uh, against the Panthers. If he continues to do that or turns the ball over multiple times per game, it may come back to bite them. But for now, this formula of absolutely shutting down the offensive uh, movement of the other team and having Foles somehow get the team in position to score 23, 26, 27, 30 points a game, um, you know, something like that, it's a winning formula. So like you said, winning ugly, uh, but getting the job done nonetheless. And this Bears team is 5-1. and one. Well, John, I got to add something there, and I am so glad you brought up Cole Komet because I wasn't going to bring him up, but he had that touchdown against the Panthers, as you said, first career touchdown reception. And I got to give a big shout-out because he is a product of St. Vider High School in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a graduate of St. Vider as well. He's the first Viatorian to score a touchdown in the National Football League. So I was screaming at my TV from a fan's perspective last Sunday in a good way when Cole scored that touchdown. But you're right, uh, the Bears are finding ways to 
to win games. And maybe I did sell the defense a little bit short, although I will say the offense concerns me uh, a bunch going forward. The Bears have played some pretty easy competition so far, but they get a big class hike coming up on Monday night at the L.A. Rams. We'll have the spread for you in that game. We'll give us our, your th- our thoughts. Uh, you can give, of course, a listen to that, our thoughts against the spread and the total. That'll come your way next on State Lines. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Back with all that and more right after this. State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gachi, is John Spataro. And right before the break, we were discussing the Chicago Bears and how they're off to a 5-1 and one start, though I will caution, the Bears' wins are by 4 over the Lions, 4 over the Giants, 4 over the Falcons, 1 over the Buccaneers, which was a great win. Bucks look like one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the NFL. And, of course, they beat the Panthers by 7 last week down in Charlotte. Now, John, the Monday nighter, uh, just after 7 o'clock Central time, the Bears at the Rams, the line in this game. The Rams are a 6.5-point favorite. Uh, the total in this contest is 46. Uh, Sean McVay's squad is off to a good start this year, but, again, you look at that Rams schedule, and you see the Rams are 4-2. and two. They are 2-0 and all at home, but the Rams' victories this year, this is pretty remarkable. They've beaten the entire NFC East, which is absolutely terrible. They got wins over the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and the Washington football team with losses in Buffalo and also uh, in San Francisco to the 49ers. So from a, a gambler's perspective and also a straight-up perspective, if you want to throw the total in there too, uh, give us your analysis of this game and how you think it might play out. Well, I was pretty uh, optimistic on the Rams when we were talking about their game uh, last week with the 49ers. I, for the exact reason you gave, Jason, you know, talked about how they had performed against poor teams and lost at Buffalo. I don't know where the Giants fit into that game. It was a little surprising to me to see them only put up 16 points and lose 24-16. But then I also can't get out of my head the last two games that the Bears and the Rams have played. This will be the third straight season that these two teams have met. And it's been a, a defensive battle, and, and who wants to scratch across two touchdowns uh, to win the game in, in the first uh, two meetings, or should I say the last two meetings between these two teams? Back in 2018, it, yeah, I think everyone remembers this. This was the Bears' charge to the playoffs. That game ended 15-6 to at Soldier Field, where you know that was the, the height of Sean McVay being an offensive genius, and the Bears uh, brought him to a grinding halt, and Jared Goff looked absolutely awful in that game. I remember it pretty well on a cold night in Chicago. And then last season, uh, kind of a reverse. Uh, the Rams won 17-7 to between these two teams. That game was in L.A. And both quarterbacks, Trubisky and Goff, did not look necessarily um, like, a, like, a great, uh, like a great force. In fact, I believe that that was the game that Nagy uh, benched Trubisky late in that game at the Coliseum last year. So the recent history would, would suggest that this game um, is going to be a defensive affair, and this one is going to be a pretty tough 
tight and low-scoring game. And I'm having a hard time disagreeing with that. I think that the way that these two teams are playing, like I just did in the first segment, I have nothing but good things to say about the way the Bears' defense has played so far. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of momentum creep into this team. They're 5-1, and and people were kind of uh, discouraging their success or or discrediting their success when they were 3-1. and Now they are first in first place in the division. They're coming in off of a nice, uh, albeit you know, lesser quality win against the Carolina Panthers on the road. I think I'm going to lean towards a low-scoring game in this one again, which means I think the under is the best play of the week. Uh, it seems a little you know too good to be true, but I just have a feeling that we're going to see yet another low-scoring game between these two teams. And as far as a side, last week I wasn't on the Bears. I was on the Panthers, and I thought that Teddy Bridgewater was going to play at a high enough level to get the job done. I don't know if Jared Goff deserves the same praise. He is such an up-and-down quarterback. He is such an unreliable force. Sometimes he looks great. Other times, like the few games he's played against the Bears, he looks like he's completely out of sorts. So on this one, give me the Bears with the 6.5 points. That's a lot for a a team that has this good of a defense. I know they're going to struggle moving the ball like they have all year, but if you win a game 14 to 10, or if you win a game 14 to 7, you know, you're coming really close to uh, having the Bears uh, not have to necessarily win this game to cover. So give me the Bears with the points and give me the under. I think this game is going to be a defensive battle, and I'm now buying fully into this Bears defensive unit. I think they get it done and keep Jared Goff and company in check. All right, John locked in with his picks there. He likes the Bears getting the points in that game, and he also believes this is going to be a low-scoring game, and this one's going to go under. Now, I look at both these teams, and and I see a couple of squads that have not played very good competition so far. The Rams' offense with something to prove. They entered Week 6 averaging over 27 points a game, 27.2 points a game to be exact. But against the 49ers in San Francisco, they lost that game. Uh, 24-16 in the primetime matchup against San Francisco. That was a game that the 49ers really needed to win because uh, they entered 2-3, and three, and if they had fallen to 2-4 and four in a very tough division, remember the, the, the Seahawks are 5-0, and oh, the Cardinals are 4-2, and two, the Rams are now 4-2 and two after that loss, but the 49ers with a straight-up win. So I look at this one and I say what is do- what I've doubted the entire season, even with Nick Foles at quarterbacks, the Bears offense. Look, Nick Foles is better than Mitchell Trubisky, but the Bears have an anemic running game. Uh, their defense, like John said, is very, very good. And he mentioned how uh, on that opening series against the Panthers defensively, the Bears got a takeaway and it led to a big score. So what the Bears have done this season is pretty much predicated on what their defense has allowed them to do and the offense being opportunistic. And I look at this as one of those games on the schedule where the Bears have squeaked by a lot in, early in the season and, and won some games uh, against some bad teams. And they did, of course, on their own field beat the Buccaneers which was a very impressive win. But I like the Rams in this game. I think on their own field, they're going to find a way to do this and get it done, and I think they're going to cover those six and a half points. And I think when you're going to look back at this game, you're going to say, this is one where the the offense needed to make some plays, and they just were not able to get that done. And I think the Rams are going to put up some points against a good Bears defense, but I think the Rams are going to find a way to score. So I look at this one, and I'm actually on the opposite side both ways here of John. I'm going to take the Rams minus the six and a half and say that this is not going to be one of Nick Foles' better games. The Rams have a pretty good defense, too, and I look at also uh, the Bears' running game, which I think going forward is, is something to really keep an eye on because uh, Foles is hot or cold. 
You know that. He's very streaky, but he does not have a running game to bail him out. I'm not a big believer in David Montgomery. The Tariq Cohen injury for the Bears, I think, was a big one. He was a great change of pace back. Uh, the Bears missing something in that running game. So I think that the the Rams are going to get this done. They're going to cover the 6.5, and, and this one's going to go over that total of 46. Again, not one of my best plays here on the side or the total, but picking the local game, I'm going to go with the the Rams minus the 6.5 and, and the over of 46. This is State Lines. Again, the best pro football gambling information here in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. With the Bears being on the Monday night, that opens up the Sunday afternoon card in the NFL TV-wise in the state of Illinois to a very large offering. You're going to get three games, so uh, the max you could actually probably get, rarely if ever it happens, would be four, but this is a big, big card. You get a lot of free football on TV if you don't have the red zone pass package or the direct TV NFL ticket. So we're going to look at some of those games from the gambler's perspective. And one of them has a lot of local interest for Bears fans because the Green Bay Packers, after that bad loss in Tampa last week uh, before a national audience, uh, they are going to be on the road, the Packers, this week at the Houston Texans. This is a noon kickoff. The Packers are a three-point favorite. The total, a very high number here, John, uh, 56. So Deshaun Watson versus Aaron Rodgers. We know, I, I told you in the opening segment, how terrible that loss was for the, the Texans in overtime at the Titans last week straight up. We know the Packers got blown out. They're looking for something to prove Rodgers was not happy with the way the offense performed in that game. So what, what do you think of this? Packers 3, total 56. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I'm first going to say that you're absolutely right. 56 points is pretty high for these two teams, and I would actually take a good hard look at maybe betting the under in that. Uh, I, I know they're kind of begging you to bet the under with a high number uh, like that, but but it really doesn't feel to me uh, like the Packers are going to be able to shake off what happened last week that quickly and go back to putting up 30-plus points a game. That being said, I know you had a bad beat on the Texans last week, Jason, but that was a pretty good Titans team that the Texans took down to the wire. And I know it's a division matchup. I know that those teams know each other pretty well, uh, but you got to give credit to the Texans for bouncing back after a tough uh, start to their season and firing their coach and Romeo Cornell uh, had probably the best team in the AFC that's not named the Chiefs uh, on the ropes. So you got two teams coming in off of completely different trajectories, right? Uh, the Packers looked unbeatable. They took a bye and then they absolutely fell apart in Tampa against the Buccaneers. Meanwhile, the Texans kind of rid themselves of the Bill O'Brien era and tried to start fresh and played a really good game uh, against the Titans uh, on Sunday. So when I'm looking at this one, I think there's a good opportunity um, not only to take the Texans as underdogs in this one, but if you really want to try and, and you know put a big number on the board on your bankroll, uh, maybe even look at Texans' money line. I know that that sounds aggressive. I'm not trying to bury the Packers after one game, but I think that coming into this, uh, the Texans have a little bit more momentum and a little bit more to be um, uh, messed with than maybe the, the Packers are going to realize. They're obviously going to look to get on back on track and have Aaron Rodgers play in the way that he was the first three weeks, but the Texans just seem to have a little bit more uh, you know, firepower than people would like to admit, even after 
firing Bill O'Brien. So I'm, I'm not necessarily going to make it one of my best bets, but I feel pretty confident about the Texans coming into this game just based on the way that they've played. These two teams haven't played since 2014, by the way. So this is a little bit of a of an outlier game for both teams. Uh, but if, if but if I have to pick a side, I'm going to go with the Texans. And I also think that if you if you can get a decent, you know, maybe uh, close to 200 uh, plus 200 money line on the Texans, you might want to look at that one too, because I think this one has upset special written all over it all right john a little bit of a gutsy pick right there saying hey the texans aren't very good but the packers on the road maybe take a look at a money line play here in the texans breakthrough and john makes a good point if you're looking at this game, because the Texans do have talent. Deshaun Watson's a good quarterback. Uh, that's a team that Bill O'Brien had in the playoffs almost every season. I know he made some boneheaded moves with the roster in the offseason, but it's not like the Texans are devoid of talent. They're not winning games, but they hung with one of the better teams in the NFL uh, last week, again, losing that game to the Titans in overtime. I think there's a little bit of a hangover factor here for the Texans in this one. So I'm going to go ahead and say, take the Packers, lay the three points, stay away from the total. It's a high number. It's almost like they're daring you to bet the under and you should take the over, but I don't, I don't want to chance that right there. I'll take the Packers, lay the three, and say they win it by uh, more than a field goal. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotcha. We come back and look more at the primetime games in the National Football League this week and also the games you'll see in the state of Illinois on your television set when you turn in to or tune into those games. Turn on the tube this weekend. And also, we'll give you later in the show our best bets against the spread. That happens later on, and I know John and I are looking for bounce-back weeks, so you won't want to miss that part of our program as well. More with State Lines coming up right after this brief break. State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois, along with John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. And John, a late change to the NFL schedule that happened on Wednesday that you were able to discover as we were taping our program. And the way it works is the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals have been moved to the Sunday night game. And they've moved the Tampa Bay Raiders game to one of the late afternoon spots as uh, the Raiders uh, did have a, a little bit of a, a COVID scare, and they don't want to have a situation on Sunday Night Football where there's no game. So let's take a look right here at the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Big game in the NFC West. The Seahawks off to a great start this season. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite, total 56-and-a-half. But the Cardinals are playing good football, too. They demolished Mike McCarthy's Cowboys in the Sunday or in the Monday night game last week. So uh, a couple of good teams here, and you know the Cardinals would love to make a statement again against uh, one of the best teams in the National Football League. Yeah, we didn't have them scheduled to talk about, but it's funny how the Cowboys always seem to sneak into our broadcast here just because, uh, you know, America's team looked pretty poor against the Arizona Cardinals at home on Sunday. And uh, really, it, it's it's just getting to the point where, um, you know, the it, it's hard to judge performance against those Cowboys. But if you look back not too far ago, um, the Dallas Cowboys, 
Cowboys uh, took it to the Seattle Seahawks. They did have Dak Prescott at the time, but a 38-31 matchup against uh, the Seahawks uh, compared to a 38-10 victory for the Cardinals. Common opponents is something that you sometimes look at when you're trying to get a position on these teams. That would suggest that the Cardinals have a little bit of of, of an edge uh, based on that specific instance. Now, these teams don't really need an edge over one another because they play each other twice each year. I'm actually going to go probably against my better judgment here and say I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think they're going to win this game. Um, They're three and a half point favorites right now, which is a good number if you're looking for a close game between two division opponents. But the Seahawks, they're coming off a bye. It would be a letdown for them to lose their undefeated streak. They're the only undefeated team left in the NFC. Uh, But I think that this is a pretty good spot for the Cardinals to continue rolling and, and moving the ball on offense. Kyler Murray is playing at a very high level in terms of uh, what he's doing with his legs. And uh, the the Seahawks do let up a decent amount of points. They've played a lot of games this year um, that have seen, you know, finals like uh, 31-23, 38-31, 35-30. So we know that the Cardinals can score. It's just a question of whether or not uh, the Seahawks will be able to keep up with them. I'm going to say it's going to be close. I don't necessarily want to say uh, take the Cardinals on the money line because there is a chance for a lose and a cover here for the Cardinals. But don't overlook them. I I think that, yes, the Cowboys played terribly last week, and Mike McCarthy is feeling it this week, uh, even from within. It sounds like there's some reports of some dissension going on in the locker room. But still, I'm going to keep my head on straight. Uh, Based off what I saw this week uh, with Kyler Murray in that offense, I think they have the ability to hang with Russell Wilson. Give me the Cardinals and uh, maybe even look at them to win this game. All right, John likes the underdog, the Cardinals, in that game. And you're right, John. Mike McCarthy, what a terrible hire by the Dallas Cowboys. Anybody who watched the Packers for 10 years with McCarthy there, they just trended downward, uh, very non-creative with his offense. And you're right, dissension is the correct word. There are Cowboy players that were saying anonymously that the coaches don't have the team prepared for games. I mean, when the players are coming out and saying uh, the coaches aren't prepared, usually it's the other way around when a team losing, but things are bad in Big D right now. It wouldn't surprise me if McCarthy's one and done with the Dallas Cowboys, even if they win that division with seven victories this year, the NFC East. But two better football teams, the Seahawks at 5-0 and overall, the Cardinals uh, at 4-2 and on the season. And John's right. Look, the, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray's an emerging star in this league, and uh, they're doing some darn good things on both sides of the ball, and I agree with John. I actually I'm not going to do anything with the total, but I love the Cardinals here uh, getting the points. And, you know, we talked about them right now the spread as we look at it this could fluctuate before the kickoff but uh, the Sunday night game the Seahawks are laying three and a half here the totals 56 and a half give me Arizona on their own field with a buy on deck for the Cardinals so they've got everything focused on this game and the Seahawks have a big game in a rivalry situation against the 49ers coming up uh, a week from this Sunday. That's a national TV game, a late afternoon contest. And even though the Niners aren't what they were last year, they're still the defending NFC champions. And that's been a, quite the rivalry over the last decade between the Seahawks 
and the San Francisco 49ers. So I think this could be a little bit of a look ahead. It's a tough spot on the road for the Seahawks. Uh, I'm not going to chance it on the money line. I like the points, especially that hook if you can get it plus three and a half. So go ahead and take a chance with the Arizona Cardinals plus the three and a half points in the Sunday nighter this week. A late change to the Sunday night game. Tampa and the Raiders moved out of that spot and the Cardinals and Seahawks moved into the Sunday night football slot. Again, you're listening to State Lines, best pro football gambling information in Illinois. I'm Jason Gotch. He's John Spataro. And John, uh, another game we're going to see here in the state of Illinois, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, they have one loss this year. They're arguably the best team in the NFL. Again, this season, nine and a half point favorites on the road at Denver. The total is 46. Uh, Vic Fangio's team struggling with offense again in Denver. Uh, what do you say about the Chiefs? They add Le'Veon Bell to that roster. They did lose at home to the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. But other than that, Kansas City looks like the team that finished off last season as the Super Bowl champion. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to make a pick on this game later in the show, so I'm not going to give too much away. But I do want to talk about the way that the Chiefs have played uh, this season and, and the way that their season is trending. Everyone thought that they stumbled a little bit with that loss in division against uh, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, which they did. It was a 40-32 game. Not a great look for uh, this Chiefs team. But then they got right back to it with a really tough game. Buffalo on the road. The game was moved around. It was one of those Monday afternoon football games that we've been accustomed to this season. And the Chiefs really took care of business. I mean, talk about another guy who may have had an MVP uh, campaign derailed. Josh Allen looked really good at the beginning of the year. He got into a mess, uh, you know, rainy, a uh, little bit of a sloppy game against the Chiefs at home, but he couldn't get the job done. The Chiefs defense has really played under the radar this year as being uh, a little bit of a suffocating uh, opponent to go up against. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes was going to rebound and uh, you know get back to his winning ways and, and toss in touchdown passes to Jason Kelsey and Clyde Edwards Alaire who we talked about as a uh, a fringe uh, or front runner you know after a few games now a rookie of the year candidate uh, he looks like he does not want to give up any carries to Le'Veon Bell so it's going to be interesting to see how Bell factors into this game and like I said I'm going to make a pick so I don't want to go too deeply into it but in terms of the Broncos they've looked a lot like the Bears this year. They've played uh, a pretty tough schedule, which is not necessarily comparable to the Bears, but they've been having a pretty good defensive year uh, and then whatever they can get out of Drew Locke at quarterback, they kind of uh, depend on him to be able to luck into a couple gores and win a couple games. So more on this in a little bit, but I'm excited for this game because I, I think there's a good angle on here and I'm going to tell you about it in a little bit. Alright, John is giving us a little tease right there. He's going to use that Broncos and Chiefs game in one of his best plays of the week. That's going to happen a little bit later on in the show. And this game is not one of my best plays, so I'll go ahead and make a pick on it right here. I'm going to go ahead and take the Broncos plus those nine and a half points. Drew Locke is back healthy. Uh, he's actually a Kansas City area native. Grew up a Chiefs fan. His whole family, they were Chiefs fans, but now they've traded in the, the Chiefs red for the Broncos orange. And Locke did struggle late in the season last year in a start uh, against the Chiefs. But other than that, he's been pretty good when he He's played and been healthy for Denver in his career, even though the Broncos' offense not necessarily anything that, that you're going to light up a room with. It's their defense when they win that gets it done. But John's right, Denver two and three this year. They've had a, a couple of standout games so far, and I think I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think they're going to keep it within a touchdown. 
So I'm going to go ahead and say that you get nine and a half points from the Kansas City Chiefs on your own field. Go ahead and run with that this week. Take the Denver Broncos plus the nine and a half. And from a Chiefs perspective, they're coming off a big win in Buffalo, so maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. No look ahead here, though, for the Chiefs because next up they get the Jets at home. And I think Andy Reid could run the practice squad out there and beat the Jets by whatever score he wants to. So it's not a sandwich situation, but maybe a little letdown after that big win in Buffalo last week for Kansas City. So go ahead and take the Broncos plus the nine and a half point. This is State Lines where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. When we come back, we're going to recap our pick for the Bears game and also give you our best bets against the spread for the week. All that and more coming up right after this. you aboard as we roll along here on State Lines with John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. It's everyone's favorite time in the show because we recap our pick if you're just joining us for the Bears game each week. And also we give you our three best bets against the spread. John and I, rough couple of weeks, so we're looking to put it together here against the spread with our picks for week number seven in the National Football League. But John, I'm going to throw the floor to you. Again, the Bears and the Rams, the Monday night game this week. Rams a six and a half point favorite. The over-under is is 46 in this one. Uh, what are you thinking against the spread for this uh, Monday night tilt? Well, there's a lot of incentive for the Rams to play well against the Bears this week. There's a lot of incentive for Jared Goff to play well against the Bears this week. He has been horrible against this Bears defense over the last two years. Like I mentioned in the first segment, this will be the third consecutive year that the Rams are going to face off against Matt Nagy's Bears. And the first two games have kind of been mirror images of each other, and they've both been offensive letdowns. The first game, uh, the Bears were able to get the best of the Rams on Soldier Field, and then last year, in uh, really what was a, a, a deflating moment for the Bears' season. Uh, they were not competitive in the game. Uh, although it was only 17-7, they ended up pulling Mitch Trubisky last year uh, at the Coliseum and really kind of uh, cemented the fact that the Bears were not going to make the playoffs uh, late last year. So all in all, that leads me to a point uh, where I'm looking at this game uh, with a little bit of his history in mind, but also uh, recent trends, which is speaking to me and saying that the Bears are going to keep this one low scoring. The Bears defense is for real. I've spoken a lot this year about how I don't know how to handicap the uh, offense. It's really hard to count on any sort of significant production on this offense week to week, but it hasn't been hard to expect this defense to play hard, to give up less than 20 points. That's kind of the marker that I've set in my head for how I think the Bears are going to be competitive going forward. And I'm going to bet on the defense this week. I think the Bears are getting too many points for the defense that they have. The offense could obviously lay an egg, and and this could be a a tough one, much like the Colts game was. But as good as the Rams are playing, I think recency and and the way that these two teams have played in the past cannot be ignored. I'm going to go with the Bears uh, and the points and also take a hard look at the under because I think this one's going to be low scoring. All right, John locked in for the game between the Bears and Rams. Another one that I'm looking forward to from a fan's perspective. I'm on the opposite side of John with this one. I actually think the Rams are going to find a way to cover the six and a half. I think the Bears 
inconsistent offense does them in in the Monday night game. Uh, the Rams do have the potential to put up some points. Yes, I like the Bears' defense, but again, I'm concerned about the shaky Bears' offense. This is the second-best team I think the, the Bears will have seen all season. I think Tampa Bay is the best team that the the Bears have played so far, and the, the Bears did a good job in that one, doing just enough offensively to get the job done, and their defense was certainly good after a rough start in that game. But I think the Rams on their own field cover the 6.5, and, and I also think that this game's going to go over because, again, I think the Rams will score some points. The Bears will put up some points too, but I don't think it will be enough. Again, this is not a season-killing game for the Bears by any stretch of the imagination. The 5-1 and one start with the extra wildcard team in the NFC and AFC this year, two extra playoff teams overall in the NFL. I think the Bears... Uh, you, you never you never say it's done this early, but they're on a great trajectory uh, to make the postseason. And frankly, I'd be stunned if they didn't make it. But I think this is a, a blip on their schedule and not in a good way. So I like the Rams to cover the six and a half and also the game to go over the total of 46. He's John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. Those will recap. That was your recap for the Bears and Rams game from each of our perspectives. Now, John, uh, the floor is yours. You got three best bets locked in. I know you're excited about these plays this week, so go ahead and give those listeners some winners. All right, well, let's go to a game that, uh, you know, I'm not expecting a lot of people to be excited about, but I think I have a line of logic here that might get me back on track. I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions. Now, the Falcons have had a very interesting year. They've obviously found incredibly different, difficult ways uh, to blow games and have had uh, defeat snatched from the jaws of victory on multiple occasions this year. However, they got back on track last week as, uh, you know, as relative as that term sounds uh, with a big 40 to 23 win against the Minnesota Vikings. Now I'm looking at a trend here, you know, much like we talked about, uh, you know, uh, uh, playing an entire division um, and and facing off against similar competition. Uh, if you want to say that the uh, the Bears should have lost to the Atlanta Falcons, that's very fair. I mean, the, the Falcons were cruising that entire game and Nick Foles comes in and leads a comeback. And now we move to last week. The Falcons took care of business against the Minnesota Vikings. Now the Lions come to town and suddenly, you know, once again, the, uh, the Falcons are just under a field goal favorite on their home field. And I have no reason to believe that the Lions are going to do anything different um, than the Bears and, and, and the Vikings did, which is get some points scored against them and, you know, maybe not be able to come back all the way like the Bears did. So I think that the Falcons, as rough of a year as they've had, they've actually been able to hold their own in, in three out of the four quarters of each of the games that they played played. They almost beat the Seahawks early in the year, which people seem to forget about. And now the Vikings come to town and they take care of business 40 to 23. So give me the Falcons this week. I'm not necessarily a Falcons uh, supporter for any game other than the ones that they're playing against the NFC North, but the, the Lions may have be the only team that can relate to some of their struggles in terms of blowing leads and especially when it comes to playing against the Bears, uh, letting a defeat uh, snatch away a victory late uh, like the, the Lions did in week one. So give me the Falcons in that one. And now for my remaining two picks, I'm going to go back to the same game. And I talked about it earlier this episode. Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. This seems like a, an easy pick, right? The Chiefs are back 
on track. Uh, they beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo last week, and uh, they should roll through this uh, division opponent who is only two and three and really uh, behind the success uh, or lack of success of Drew Locke. However, I want to, to challenge you on the Denver Broncos schedule so far and, and, and have a look at what they've had to deal with so far. They opened up the year with a two-point loss to the Tennessee Titans, who we just talked about being one of the best teams in the AFC. A reputable loss, losing by two points to that team who is now putting up 42 points in their last two games. Then they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we also agree are also one of the best two teams uh, in the in the AFC. They lost by five points, 26 to 21. Then they lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks, 28 to 10. Another good team. Jason called them one of the best teams in the NFC. I happen to agree after they took care of business against the Packers. And then the last two games, they beat the New York Jets and they beat the New England Patriots in Foxborough. How often does that happen? And Drew Locke uh, was able to do it. I think he's the youngest quarterback to ever win uh, in Foxborough against the Patriots. So all is that to say, give me the under and give me the Broncos to cover in this game. Right now, the Broncos are getting nine and a half points. Those scores that I just read you against very good teams have all been close games. They Aside from the game against the Broncos, they lost by five to the Steelers. They lost by two to the Titans. The Chiefs on par with both of those teams, possibly a little bit better, but not twice as good, not nine and a half points good. And also the under, I just think Vic Fangio is playing, you know, really good defense in Denver. I also think that the Chiefs are playing very good defense and not a lot of people realize that. So this is going to be another low scoring game. I do not think it's going to be a nine and a half point cover for the Chiefs. Give me the Broncos, give me the under. And then also on the week, I'm going with the Falcons at home against the Lions. Those are my three best plays of the week. All right, John Spataro locked in with some winners right there. I, Jason Gotch, have to concur with my good friend John Spataro on that Falcons game. Look, the Falcons, I full disclosure, I thought going into the season they'd be a sleeper team. What was I thinking? Dan Quinn's not a very good coach. He is no longer the coach of that team. Raheem Morris has taken over on an interim basis. But this is one, again, when you look at this game, uh, Detroit proved me wrong in Jacksonville last week. They won that game to improve to 2-3. and three. I don't think they win in Atlanta this week. The Lions are not a good team. Uh, Matt Patricia is not a good football coach. I'm betting against the Lions as much as I'm betting on the Falcons in this game. But the Falcons are another team that has some talent. Look, Matt Ryan is a pretty good quarterback. He's not great. They've got some good wide receivers, especially Julio Jones. Uh, you look at the, that offense for Atlanta, They that on paper at least, I know that doesn't always translate on the field, but on paper it's a pretty decent unit. They should have been better on defense this year too, not so much at least so far. But you go ahead and you look at this one. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Falcons laying the three points. I don't think the Detroit Lions are going to get back-to-back road wins. I don't think the Detroit Lions are are a very good football team, and I think you might be getting some value with the Falcons here because of the fact that the Falcons were so bad when Dan Quinn was the coach, at least in blowing games. But you have to remember how they lost those games. There are a few games this season, especially that one in Dallas. There's no reason the Falcons should have lost it. They found a way to lose game a game. They found a way to lose against the Bears earlier this year. So new coach, uh, still the same personnel. Give me the Atlanta Falcons minus the three against the Detroit Lions this week. Also, we're going to take the New England Patriots 
in, on this week, and we're going to look at the Patriots, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to say against San Francisco, this is a rough spot for the 49ers. They had a nice win over the Rams in the primetime game last week. Uh, they have the Seahawks on deck, a huge game, a late afternoon slot next week. This is a classic sandwich overlook your opponent spot between two very important divisional games. Uh, they're on the road, the 49ers are. They're only in this contest getting or laying the Patriots are laying two points. So I think the Patriots on their own field at two and three. I can't believe we're five games into a season and the Bill Belichick team is two and three, but that's exactly where we are. The Niners are three and three overall. I think that the New England Patriots, Cam Newton and company on their own field, find a way to get this done, cover the two points. And I think the 49ers, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he played well against the the Rams, but he's been up and down this year, certainly. Heck, he got benched a couple of weeks ago in a game for C.J. Beathard, even though uh, the head coach Kyle Shanahan said, hey, you know what, against Miami, we were really worried about it. You know, we didn't want him to get hurt because Garoppolo was under heavy pressure. That's nonsense. Garoppolo was not playing well. That's why they benched him. I'm not saying he's getting benched here, but I'm saying the Niners are a bit shaky this year. Coming off a run of the Super Bowl last year. Give me the New England Patriots minus the two. And then lastly, uh, the Titans and the Steelers. I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans here on their own field, getting the one and a half. Uh, the Steelers have a big game against the Ravens on deck, probably their biggest game of the season so far. That's a huge battle for AFC North supremacy. Uh, this game is in Nashville. Limited fans in the stands. They're allowing that down in the state of Tennessee right now for their sporting event. So there will be a limited crowd here. Obviously, a limited crowd doesn't really create a lot of noise or anything like that. But it is a, it's a road game for Pittsburgh. Two of the better offenses, as John said, in the National Football League. But I look at this one and I say Derrick Henry on the ground will get enough yards against that Pittsburgh defense. Uh, this should be a high-scoring game, at least on paper, but I think in the end, the Tennessee Titans find a way to win it. So the Titans get one and a half on their own field. I think it's a steal. I love home underdogs in the NFL, and that's exactly what we have here. So Jason Gotch's best bets of the week, in no particular order, take the Patriots minus two points against the 49ers, go ahead and take the Falcons minus the three against the Detroit Lions, and go ahead and take the Tennessee Titans plus one and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers and go ahead and thank us on next week's show. So that'll do it for this week's episode of State Lines. For John Spataro, my name is Jason Gotch. Enjoy the winners, everybody, and all the action in the NFL in Week 7, and we will talk to you next week. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.